Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. Now, let me set the stage for this because this is, um, we did have uh, a meeting about a week or so ago, seems like forever ago, uh, because we knew that there would be an issue around coronavirus. And so we invited and had probably about 35 or 40 of our members uh, sharing what the plans were. And now obviously people are in the process of executing plans. We realized that this thing, it constantly evolves. And we thought that for the duration anyway, or as long as people wanted it or needed it, we would have uh, every Wednesday at this time at four o'clock, we will have a brief or a longer meeting, however however long it might be, uh, for people to have a conversation around what might be the issues or how the evolution might have changed how you are doing your business. Um, and so it gives, gives peers and colleagues an opportunity to see the extent to which um, recruiting might be changing, um, how their business might be changing or adapting, uh, and what businesses might be having more difficulty um, and needing perhaps uh, some help from companies that may be having less difficulty, particularly as it looks like uh, from a recruiting point of view. So we thought we would do that. And then at the same time, we uh, instituted another call for tomorrow night, a little bit later at 6 p.m. Eastern time uh, with the idea that we would not want to be talking about coronavirus uh, and maybe anything but, uh, so have much more of a, a meetup to relax and talk to colleagues and peers that we've got to know about, you know, how, <clears throat> what life's like, you know, and uh, hopefully uh, with a, an adult beverage for those who imbibe. So this is the, um, and I do, so, you know, I will be happy to share uh, the wines that I enjoy and uh, try to learn about those that you enjoy, but that's tomorrow night. Today, I'd like to um, kind of engage you. Chris would be here, you know, performing a little bit, but he is busy trying to fix somebody who hacked part of our website. So he's busy doing a little bit of that right now. And Shannon who also is very visible, et cetera, is uh, enjoying uh, being a mom for the first time. So she's very excited. And her uh, son was born on the 13th, last Friday. So she's busy down in Austin. So that leaves me to entertain you. (laughs) A dangerous thing. So... What I'd like to know is uh, what has changed in the last, you know, week or so. Has there is there anything that's going on that um, that you think is insightful relative to either your business or what you're doing or what you ha- what you see planning 
And I know a couple folks were on the call last year, like uh, Grant, I know you were on the call. So what's happening with AARP these days? Yeah, it's, it's nice to be memorable, uh, Jerry. Um, so, so what's happened last, last week when we spoke, I let you know that we were doing a test, a load test on our networks on Friday from a work from home perspective to make sure that we all had the capabilities of working from home. Um, shortly thereafter in the afternoon, we got the message, uh, things seem to be going fine, don't come back. Um, so we are out at this point until March 30th. I mean, we'll see if that gets extended at all. But um, the last couple of days really have been about um, thinking about how we do not, uh, new employee orientation. And so the tactic that we are taking with that is um, we already do new employee orientation for, I'd say, half or so of our employees remotely um, via video conference. Um, the rest in the national office actually is done in person. And so we're going all video conference with them. The issue really that we're running into is um, that of supply chain. So we do, we, we order our computers at just in time basis. And so we only have a certain amount in stockpile. And so it's, it's really been working with our ITS uh, partners to to figure out how much lead time we have, how much, you know, if we're going to be able to get new computers, do we need to prioritize um, full-time hires, certain types of full-time hires, interns and contractors, um, as far as how we how we get people in. And of course, you got to keep 10 computers on stock in case one the CEOs goes down or something, right? So yeah. um, in, we're in the process of mailing out computers for people who are starting on the 23rd now. Um, we're conversely trying to figure out how we send self-addressed envelopes to people to who are leaving to mail back their computers. Um, but that really has been kind of the, the crux of what we're, we're, uh, we're, we're doing now. As far as interns, we've been contemplating, you know, who's going to really start in April? Let's go ahead and just push everybody back to mid-May, early June. Um, and I think with the uh, with the temporaries, those are all on a case-by-case -case basis as needed. We do still have our, um, I'd call it our lockbox operation out in California still open. Um, and so those people aren't, you know, on any kind of technology, they're literally sorting mail. Um, and so we're we're kind of reviewing that day-to-day -day as, as uh, the, you know, the market changes, so. Cool. I know That's that it. in schools, um, I'm hearing all of the school. I know my school just today, they just extended to the end of the year. They're not, they're just not going to be doing anything this semester, um, bringing kids back. So they don't anticipate any of that. The rest of the semester is going to be virtual. Uh, so they're, they're into June already. And, um, I expect that a lot of the, the schools that were closed for two weeks are not going to close for two weeks. They're, they're closed well into into June, and if and I don't know when they're going to start telling the parents, but they probably ought to be doing that relatively soon. I've also um, seen I've also seen Jerry a flood of people trying to sell us recruiting software this week, <laughs> an absolute flood of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're, um, I've had a few of those myself, and uh, there's been a uh, along those same lines. There's been a very strong effort on the part of a number of us. Uh, to influence the board of SHRM to open up the lockbox they have behind the scenes because they have a lot of resource data and content, uh, but they're, they're basically um, advertising to non-members 
that you should join SHRM so that you can have access to COVID-19 um, resources. And I, I, I just got very pissed at that. And a number of us have been writing nasty letters to the board of SHRM. Um, and they said, oh, we don't, we don't really want to do that. So what we're going to do is not tell non-members. We won't advertise to them anymore. We just won't ever tell them. And I'm going, you know, that's, that's not advancing the profession very well. Um, and Johnny Taylor did just made a uh, adamant uh, point to uh, Lars today that, um, that they're not going to change on that. So um, I would suggest if you're a sure member, you might want to um, state your own point of view uh, to whoever. That's why I'm not a sure member anymore. Yeah, I know that's another issue. Um, I, I'd be embarrassed to be, a, I told them I, I, I'd be embarrassed to be a member at this point. Uh, Dawn, I, I wanted to ask you specifically a question because we've gotten a lot of emails today and several on the exchange about um, interns. Yeah, everybody's everybody's in the midst of either planning for or dealing with, and um, I will tell you the summary of of many of those emails is that um, most of the companies a have not uh, changed anything yet because most of them are expecting June. Right. But most of them have spent time sending their interns or prospective interns notes to tell them to update that information and tell them that they're watching it closely and that they'll let them know, et cetera, but they, they're thinking of them. And I didn't know if there's anything else, but Dawn, given your involvement over many years with NACE, et cetera, I, I, is there anything that you are aware of that NACE is doing or recommending yeah. according to this? Yeah, a couple things. Um, I'll give it from the Uber side. Uh, like Grant, you know, we're working on uh, trying to keep our, you know, 450 interns starting in May and June and July a little quiet. Um, but we have 155 interns currently working for us globally. And so little things like visas not always allowing work from home. And so we had to work around some of that. Uh, Thank you, University of Waterloo, to give us 12 hours to make a decision to get our interns home to Canada in less than 24 hours, which we did. God love it. God love the Uber team. They did an amazing job. Uh, so I think right now for like Uber, it's very similar, uh, just working on how we're going to work virtually now and in the future. Uh, we have about 80 interns joining us in April, so all of those will start virtually. Um, and so just like Grant said, how do you mail stuff to people? How do you make sure you have the right address, making sure you have the right amount of company, all of that good stuff. So um, we're moving forward in, in that respect. Um, on the NACE side, what's great is NACE has been active in this from the beginning. Um, we actually co-lead uh, part of one of our programs related to how we're on camp or how we're on the hill and stuff. And so we had been meeting this week, um, but also there's town halls happening uh, later uh, next week or early next week uh, that anyone can join virtually, uh, which will be great. A lot of shared practices for that. Yeah, I, I would, in advancing the profession, if NACE makes a point of saying, you know, we're opening this up to anyone yep. member or non-member, uh, you know, hopefully someday, you know, you'll become a member, but right now we think this is the more important thing to do. 
I think that will be powerful on on the, on the part of NACE. And certainly, right. if you get a chance, it can drop a link or something into the uh, college exchange, or just send me an email. I'll do. I it. will. Okay, great. Thank you. That'd I'll be great. You. Yeah. Because I think I think there's a lot of um, a lot of our members out there. Many of them have smaller numbers of interns. May not right. be that involved right now with NACE, so they would be certainly interested. Yeah, and I think other like on the phone, I have a whole global task force right now working on how do we take all of our in-person programs virtually for the rest of till May, and then even thinking about the fall, like how do we start augmenting plans for the fall to be more virtual and in-person, and if they have to be in-person, less than 10. I mean, we're just trying to think of what can we prepare for now, uh, knowing that this may be a little longer than all of us thought. Yeah, I think... Um... I think it's going to be an interesting set of issues. I think the issue of how, how many different remote project-based uh, kinds of things can you set up for interns uh, that, are, that are meaningful enough that, that in the end, it's worth saying, learning that these are somebody you want to hire. So, I mean, it's going to be an interesting set of issues for sure. So, can I just jump onto that one? So, I get Dawn... We've, we've got 104 interns coming in um, and what's different in, in the new company is they've got a lot of manufacturing, so a lot of hardware stuff. Uh, yourself or anybody else, has anybody figured out different ways of addressing non-software where we can sit interns behind something on a project, but somewhere they do require hardware interns and stuff like that? Has anybody else thought of that? We've, we've just gone to the business with basically a risk matrix saying here's the roles yeah risk the, the high medium and low risk of success try and get a feel from them as to what it is there's a big chunk of ours especially on the r&d side is more hardware robotics than than just coding anybody else looking at different ways to address that hey brad this is don i'll ask how we're doing this because i think we're just like you guys like holy heck how do you manage a laser internship when you're not lasering, right? Um, and so, um, but I'll ask Brad, if I have anything, I'll share it with Jerry and he can share it out. But our R&D group is looking at that right now. Okay, cool, thank you. I would think that one of the issues is going to be how you protect uh, them from um, face-to-face. I mean, you can't obviously put people into, um, two or three people into a, a small space. You know, so spreading people out is going to be a key issue, just physical space limitations. I have a question for Grant and Don, and maybe just for the group in general. It's very tactical. I heard you guys talk about logistics for shipping laptops. What are you doing about I-9 compliance when you aren't physically meeting the person to verify their I-9 documents to complete the I-9? Hey, um... Melissa, this is Eric Hainer. I could probably uh, add a little bit to what we're doing at BASF. So this is something we've been tackling over the last few days, and it's um, we're obviously a, a, a federal contractor, so it's been a, a big issue. So the government has come out with some documentation, and I can share with the team and with everyone on this call. They are allowing either a family member or a trusted uh someone trusted, you know, maybe not a family member to complete section two of the I-9 form. Now, here's the question there. We, we asked, well, how are we going to do that? We're not going to give them access to our um, I-9 documentation or I-9, you know, forms. So essentially what we're doing is we're asking that the new employee 
find a trusted family member, friend, someone they can really trust to verify their documents and they're emailing them to a central email address that we have on our HR team and they're going to input the information into the section two of the I-9 uh, form. Is that helpful? Yeah, that's very helpful because this is kind of one of those where you're like, okay, we need to go find a solution and quick. Right yeah. now, we are still physically meeting our new hires. So the good news is right now it's small volume. So we are physically meeting them on day one and handing them their laptop and doing their I-9, but that's not going to be sustainable long-term. We, um, and, we're, we're, we are, we um, are, sorry, go ahead, Don. Hey, it's Micah from Hilton. One thing that we're doing with regard to the I-9s is sending the I-9s out and then connecting them with a local notary um, and then having them send that back. And that seems to be working okay for now. Um, you know, I guess it depends on volume too and the locations of the notaries, but that's a possible solution. And hi, um, this is Julie McGee um, from PepsiCo. We're having the same issue. That's one of the main reasons I joined to listen to the different workarounds around I-9 verification um, and how to handle those um, professional hires as well as our front line. So we're looking into the Equifax I-9 anywhere, um, but interesting to hear about the family member. Um, and is that compliant then to allow that? The government has approved that? Yes. Uh, uh, intuitive is the same. We're doing the email. We're doing that on a Monday. So we've moved our onboarding from a Monday to do the scanning. Then on the Tuesday, we do the, do the, the, uh, the virtual um, new hire orientation. So we're sort of split it across two to balance the load. But yeah, it's been approved for um, doing email and scanning. And, and those, those areas like we are, we're locked down. So there's not a really an option of people leaving to go and find a, a notary. We're locked down in, in the Bay Area. Okay, that's good to know. And then the second question I had today is around drug testing and the different um, exceptions you might be providing for drug testing. California just said that weed shops are an essential business so they're staying open. So that's how California treats drug testing. They just, they just ask, which do you like best? <laughs> 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 One, 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 you just want to make sure that, you know, you, you've got a clear idea about what, what's critical about that drug testing for sure. But is anybody, is anybody handling that in a particular way? We're looking yeah, so at allowing is, exceptions for people to start and then giving them the time on the back end. The only correct question raised with that is if they end up resigning and starting and then in the 30, 60 days out, they fail a drug test, then what happens? You, well, if you've made it conditional, it could be related to almost any kind of background check. So it's not unusual to hire somebody um, who is certified to do something like a professional engineer, CPA, whatever, that takes more time to, to uncover and, and you make the hire conditional upon that being coming back positive. So if you do the same kind of thing, if, if two months down the road, um, they're, you know, they, they fail the drug test. You're, you're okay with that. I would think your lawyers would support that. Okay. And then last, I just wanted to hear from the group about, um, are you looking to, to push out start dates? Um, and is that starting to happen where you're just delaying the start dates? 
I'll bet that'll happen at some point. I don't know how much it is now. Jeff, you were about to say something relative to that? I know you're yeah. on. Did you say Jeff? Oh, Jeff. Hey there, how are you doing? Oh, Jeff. Either one. Uh, so uh, from uh, from the uh, first part, the drug tests, we're running into problems with uh, with the sites being overrun and uh, and also for candidates being concerned about going into a public space to do that. So uh, we're contractually we're unable to. Uh, we are um, uh, and for critical positions uh, within the organization, we're we're suspending that requirement and then we're assessing it on an as needed basis on a candidate by candidate basis for for others. So a lot of our front sterile retail have already been in distribution workers and many others uh, where there isn't a, um, a DEA requirement uh, or a other contractual or statutory requirement for the drug test. And we're, uh, we're, we're, we're um, temporarily suspending it. Uh, in terms of uh, staggering, uh, we are not um, at this point, except on a hiring leader by hiring leader basis, uh, staggering start dates or, or waiting. And we're dealing with the I-9 situation uh, by uh, very simply, uh, we, we've expanded the list of I-9 people who can validate it uh, by about 8,000 individuals. So we've greatly increased the number of people who can, uh, who can validate the I-9 information. Uh, and, but have been advised to our, by our lawyers not to uh, not to do it by video uh, because uh, that is uh, technically something that we is criminal uh, at that point in time, and then uh, some of us could be going to jail. So uh, we all agreed that none of us want to go to jail. Uh, so we've uh, we've uh, we've uh, we've uh, said that we wouldn't be engaging in uh, video I nines until we get uh, approvement approved uh, from the uh, usage. Okay, and thank you for the instructions here. So I'll, I'll go ahead and, and reference that for the I-9 purposes here in the chat box. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is Colin Lyle from Advent Health. I'll take a stab at some things we're doing on the healthcare side. In terms of orientations, um, we're no longer holding any group orientations. They're going straight into their department for day one. For drug screens, um, we've opened up all of our facilities to do screens internally, just in comfortable, sterilized, safe environments. If people feel more comfortable going, you know, into the facility and the hospital itself, rather than going to a central care out, outside testing quest testing center, um, we're allowing them to come do it um, on site at our facilities um, at the moment. So just something to to help make it easy for for our patients. Uh, and in terms of uh, drug testing compliance, um, we are waiving all of our education and employment verification, or at least making it a contingent piece of our background process um, to be able to allow candidates to start sooner. So we still have to wait for our drug test and background to come back, but we're going to waive the other um, or make it contingent anyway that we'll keep that stuff running on the back end and allow them to start before. Cool. Hey, I've got a quick question. It's Rob Doherty at, um, at Lowe's. I'm curious on background, has anybody started to see delays as it relates to um, government offices being closed, those types of things? We are. First, yes. yes. notified yeah. us that we're going to start seeing delays. And that local and county courts are closing in most cases. So if you're trying to do a local check, you're pretty much out of luck. In Verizon, that's, that's our uh, is also... 
Um, Verizon's dealing with international as well. Uh, this is Renzo from Verizon. So our international or candidates that have traveled international, lived internationally, we're not getting any of those background checks back. Interesting. We're doing the same thing in CVS Health. Uh, we're running an exact same issue, and that's the reason we just got approval to um, to uh, to bypass the background check. Uh, and and, and education to check because both the educational institutions as well as the as well as the criminal yeah. local. Uh, but we do have uh, we still have anything that are national screens national databases. We're still continuing to use uh, and anything that are obviously uh, things that were absolutely statutory regulatory. Um, you know we still uh, have to be in compliance on so we have to walk that fine line, but. Uh, but we've suspended most of them as uh, yeah, for now. But we'll go back and check people on the back end of this once things do reopen. Uh, and I've already gotten clearance from our attorneys to uh, to to do that, just like Jerry said. Cool. What else? It may be too early, Nigeria. I started this question the other day. Um, about candidate sentiment of, of people seeing a reluctance to engage or still engaging as per normal. Yeah. You raised that and you put a poll out actually yeah. on that. Um, We're so, seeing mixed results based on levels. Right. Mm -hmm. So is anybody seeing um, a reluctance on the part of candidates, particularly I think the kinds of candidates who are more passive, who currently are working because my, my speculation based on previous crises that I've seen is that people revert very quickly to, um, in, in terms of Maslow's hierarchy, my first, my first concern is my family, um, food on the table, uh, you know, just protecting those kinds of things. So if some recruiter comes knocking going, what, what an exciting new opportunity, uh, I may take a little time not wanting to hear that right now because I'm busy still solving for basic kinds of issues. And the the folks that you are going to get coming in droves are the ones who are most concerned that, that either today or tomorrow you may lose your job. So that's going to be, I think, a key issue. I don't know if anybody's experiencing that yet but you did get a couple responses that uh, that some people were seeing a little more difficulty in reaching out to passive client and uh, passive candidates. Yes, uh, I'll, I'll just say that from a passive candidates, uh, very strong feedback from my sourcing group um, saying that people are less um, apt to jump in. Um, but from a um, kind of standard application standpoint, I've looked over the last three weeks and the application flow has been fairly consistent. So I haven't seen from an active job seeker applications fall off over the last three weeks. Okay. And this is um, Jessica with Atlantic Health. I'm going to say similar, uh, and then it could be an industry thing. We're still seeing quite a bit of applications coming through. Good. And Maybe they feel scary. it's safer. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Carrie Perigo from Intermountain. We're experiencing the same thing. I would say one of the things that we're experiencing as well is that like our nursing groups are not able to take their NCLEXs at the testing centers. And so we're going to have to look to push their start dates out. Um, we've got, you know, community classes that these people will usually take in the community for their BLSs and some different other 
other requirements that they have that they're not able to um, do that now in the community. So we're having to flex a little bit on how we do that. Um, one other thing that's big for us right now, and I don't know if you guys are experiencing this as well, um, we're closing some areas of our business. So we are not doing any elective, non-elective. So all the elective um, surgeries that people have, any procedures that um, are elective procedures, we have canceled all of those in every single one of our healthcare, um, our hospitals, our clinics. And so right now what's big for us is staffing coordination. How do we put the right staff where they need to be? And then how do we also forecast what our hiring needs are and ensure that we keep this balance throughout the, the period that we're going through? I think, um, I, I do think that that's going to be a big issue. Workforce planning for, for hospitals that are, that potentially could have significant needs for even more people uh, if they have to go for more beds is hard to predict unless you start seeing that uh, that curve not not flattening and we all hope that it is flattening but if if it continues to go up and everyone is looking for the same type of either nurses or healthcare professionals uh, to be able to support all of that, it's going to be an interesting time, and and perhaps um, we're you know some of the other industries are going to have to be helpful uh, to you in some way, shape, or form, uh, because we I can't afford to have hospitals in my neck of the woods uh, not be able to service right. So yep. so fundamentally, we have a basic need to support uh, the healthcare system somewhere in all of this. Mm -hmm. so we're gonna have to watch it carefully and it's it's not just for health care carrie i totally agree with everything that you're saying we're seeing it too um but the child care services is becoming a huge premium yeah. for where we are at right now so you know i think i just read this morning about 60 percent of our ends you know might you know have you know active children in school and what does that look like with all the closures and you know how we're providing creative child care solutions we at a corporate level of engaged uh, bright horizons i think off the top of my head is the name to you know help with in care in-home child care services we have more of our rural facilities um setting up um actual babysitting services and lists encouraging employees to you know start adding babysitters to you know be, become available for call for everyone in the hospital so that's um help hurting our staffing problems even more is you know these child care issues and People not being able to, you know, go to go to school. Daycares are being closed. Camps are being closed. Um, so we're seeing that as a as a major hurdle as we move forward with this. That has to be true for almost any retail. So yeah, CBS. I would think that you that's going to be a potential problem for you guys somewhere in all of this. I know Jeff's looking for his mute button. Yeah. <laughs> it's trying to unmute. It, it was it was making that attempt. Uh, we're actually, uh, you know, our, our biggest challenge right now is actually hiring enough people uh, to come in and service uh, all of these uh, between our parking lot uh, initiative to help do the testing, uh, as well as the fact that we have a lot of our workers who are considering leaves of absence, especially if they're taking care of either children, elderly individuals or what have you, our clinicians, you know, who may be in similar situations. 
Uh, we're really actually ramping up our hiring uh, is probably our biggest uh, our biggest concern is making sure that as we're on the front lines of the healthcare for all these folks, that we have all the right staff in all the right places across 10,000 stores and all the other locations, quorum, uh, our nurses who go out to the home of these individuals, and also thinking about things just as simple as providing them with uh, all of the protective uh, equipment that they need because there's been sure. such a run on so much of that. You know, I'm, I'm actually, you know, working with people on teams to try and identify where can, where can I get enough protective gowns for, uh, you know, for, you know, 10,000 nurses, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, and, and folks who need it. So my biggest concern right now has been actually finding ways to help and another thing that I was just talking with another uh, member who I won't name because just to keep the sensitivity of it, their situation down. Uh, but I was talking to another member say they're furloughing all these workers, right? Uh, or they're laying off. How do I, uh, how do I get them into our system to help out with our member services or distribution centers? My .com is up 10 X in terms of volume, right? I'm up to, uh, you know, 10 X. How do I get enough workers to cover all that volume uh, in in virtually no time flat to cover all our dot com stuff, uh, and then make sure at the same time that I'm keeping our other colleagues safe as I bring in these people who I really don't know uh, for sure if they've uh, if they're infected or not, uh, and how do I keep them safe? So there's a lot of uh, even though we're hiring right now, there's a lot of questions in our in our way to figure out how do we do that very um, you know in a very, uh, you know, uh, expeditious way, but keeping people safe. So an interesting set of challenges. So we're into a, clearly we're into a very complex, much more complex uh, set of scenarios, at least over the next few weeks until some of it sorts itself out. But, but um, it just seems to me that a lot of those issues depend upon other salute, you know, other problems that, that need to be solved as well. So, uh, I can appreciate all of that. Hey, Jerry, it's yeah. um, it's Melissa Thompson. I, I, I'm starting to feel like I'm the only one who is like slowing down to a complete crawl in my recruiting. <laughs> so that's what You're I'm not the only one. Trust me. Like, <laughs> You're, you're definitely not off. the only one. <laughs> so think- I'm not having big spikes because we're putting, I think we're going to put everything on hold and then ask the business to identify a very small percentage that are critical and then, you know, we'll do some pipelines so it doesn't look like we went, but a lot of companies right now that are very visible, Melissa, are not willing yet to, and I think um, Jeff alluded to it, are not willing at this point to declare that that's what they're going to do yet Mm -hmm. uh, because they're looking for as many different solutions as they possibly can. But you can, you can be pretty sure that within the next two to three weeks, uh, the trigger is going to have to get pulled, um, yeah. and and so there will be a miss a unbalance, if you will, of the number of companies and industries that are laying people off, and the companies that are in desperate need of new talent because they're doing the testing or involved in patient care or whatever it might be. And some of that might be level loaded, but with all of the comments that Jeff had relative to the problems in making sure it's done properly and safely, mm-hmm. it's going to be an interesting challenge for all of us, I think. And to do it as sure. 
well as you can because everybody wants their employees hopefully if we do have to lay them off to be to be done as as um, respectfully as it can be done uh, with as much resources as we can it's not going to be an easy issue for sure yeah so interesting what this is Mary Brogan so at Marshall McLennan so we are certainly continuing to move forward. I think one of the biggest challenges, challenges, and and I I know Brad's in. I think Brad, you said you're in the Bay Area, is if we end up doing a shelter in place in New York City. So while our corporate office is there, you know that that could be a real game changer. Um, you know we're global, and so it doesn't mean things will stop in other parts of the country uh, or the other parts of the globe. But certainly in New York City, that's going to have a real impact. So. I, you know, we're certainly not going to be in a situation where we're going to lay off, but I would anticipate that it would change start dates. We would see some shifting. We would, you know, we wouldn't have the same latitude that we have now in regards to, you know, some of our tech tech staff, you know, considering sort of essential, you know, being able to get computers out and so on and so forth. So I think once we start to see more shelter in place, um, requirements, that's going to be sort of the tipping point for, for some companies um, in terms of what happens next. Sure. Makes sense. All right. How are we doing? I don't want to um, go past our energy around this. And obviously, we're not going to solve all the problems today, although there's been some interesting uh, conversations in terms of things that people have shared. So I think that's great and helpful. Anybody else um, <laughs> figuring hey, out a workaround or have a question is, they want to ask the group? Yes. Um, are you able to hear me? This is Mohan Chitur. I'm from yeah, Kanika Minolta. So yes. uh, one of the things that we're looking at right now is um, we have a pretty considerable sales force and our business still wants us to continue hiring. Um, however, given how the circumstances are changing out there, at some point, like you mentioned, there is going to be the tipping point where, you know, our business unit just has too many salespeople to justify um, the kind of sales that we can effectively do just because of the situation, uh, travel restrictions and all of those things. I'm wondering if anyone is facing the situations and if so, you know, how it's being handled or what, you know, they're projecting um, looking forward. Anybody? I bet most of you are actually thinking about some of this. So the question is, anybody um, um, able to share a little bit about how, how they're thinking about sales? I've heard a few companies talk about um, sales being one of the first to, to have an impact. This is Carrie McElroy and with Kimberly Clark, and we've I, um, we've adjusted what we're looking for for our sales folks. This actually happened pre-COVID nineteen, but we've um, adjusted what we're looking for in terms of the qualifications for our sales team, and we're looking for more folks that are more um, progressive um, in their use technology. Uh, so ones that are comfortable doing most of their communications either online via um, video conferences like that. So it actually falls right in line with their ability to continue to function in this in this format. Cool. Thank you, Carrie. And and, and by the way, not for anything, but you need another factory for toilet paper. 
<laughs> All of our factories are still currently up and running and um, are they need to be up and running 24 seven. <laughs> they aren't up and running as it happens to be. Um, and if anybody is wondering, um, one of our largest uh, retailers that um, is currently uh, noting no uh, disruption in their service is Target. So there might be a, still a run on the shelves, but um, it is, they are experiencing no shortage in terms of shipping and the meeting of supply and demand um, for any of the Target stores. So thank you very much. I will be going up there. For everyone. Be <laughs> <laughs> there at 8 a.m. when and, the doors open. Tell us what you CBS, got going. Uh, CBS. CVS also has uh, has been running stocks of toilet paper. Typically, people don't typically come to CVS. But uh, do, do, if everybody wants a quick pro tip, uh, most people now don't share it too widely because I don't want everybody and their brother to uh, to lock me out of this. But uh, but a quick quick pro tip is hydrogen peroxide is probably one of the best killers of viruses. And uh, and uh, and it's the one that's still on the shelf. Uh, people keep on and not I, knowing about it. So. I got two bottles of that uh, last week from CVS. Just telling you. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's more effective than almost any other uh, any other form of killing viruses. So, so pro tip number one: hydrogen peroxide, and you can gargle with it, wash your toothbrush with it. And, uh, and if you really want to, you can uh, wash your hands periodically with it. Uh, if you feel it burn, you know it's working. So there you go. And, and Jeff, I can probably help you with some of those. Um, you had mentioned something about surgical coverings. Um, Kimberly Clark actually yes. creates um, Chemtech um, surgical covering. So. Good. I, I just sent you an email, uh, I believe. Perfect. And then uh, if you want to chat maybe afterwards, I can uh, I can figure out how we connect the right people to uh to get us uh to get us those surgical gowns thank you very much that'd be great Perfect. <laughs> I, I i though i don't have an, an answer sorry uh elaney gashaw here with marcia mcclennan and i don't have an answer on you know whether or not um we're moving forward with the sales hiring and you know how we can get through the background checks because everything that i've heard is exactly what we're currently dealing with. I mean, I, I can't even count how many offer approvals we have pending and thought we were going to have in hand, you know, as of last Friday, and now we don't know what the ETA is. But um, I have to say an email that we received yesterday from uh, the one of our company CEOs in China was quite encouraging. And we're not getting too many encouraging emails right now. There's a lot of uh, uncertainty and, you know, what do we do? Um, but she, you know, she had some really good tips. Um, she said, you know, it, it may feel like you're working and don't know why you're working and if this is even purposeless, but she said, trust me, there, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I can tell you that now that we are on the other side of this mountain and we were glad to have kept on working. You know, we did have a scenario A, B and worst case scenario. Let's hope we don't use this. Right. Um, but she said it was it was certainly all worth it and staying in touch in groups like this um, where you're in touch both internally and externally kind of keeps everyone grounded um, and focused. So, you know, it's I, I just say this to say something encouraging um, that although we may not have the answers, um, we've got counterparts on the other side of the world that seem hopeful 
um, for for the world's outcome because they they seem to be staying positive. I really appreciate that, and the um, <clears throat> and that's really the objective here is that um, I don't think we all have all of the answers, but obviously it's interesting to see how many of you are working the same problems and and to some degree, uh, obviously trying to figure it out. And as, as you get anywhere, move the needle in any direction, uh, sharing that uh, I think is helpful for everybody to see where, where we are. Anything else? Hey, yeah, this is um, Jessica. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say actually that was this is encouraging, although it's not good information, but it's encouraging to hear everyone's kind of going through the same thing. And I, I think we have to understand this kind of snuck up on us. It wasn't one of those things that you know early in the year we had part of our strategy with expecting this. Um, but for for us, we're um, going through a lot of the same situations. Um, we're leveraging talent that are, we're looking at talent now that are out of schools. We're hearing actually from a lot of our employees that they have students out away from college that are home and would like to jump in and, and get some work. So we're trying to possibly work with our uh, agency that we use, our temp agency that we use to potentially bring on some talent. Um, to figure that out. We're doing similar things around childcare where we're working with our, we have daycare centers in a lot of our, on a lot of our sites. So we've been ramping up uh, those centers to be able to uh, use space to bring on more uh, children. We're, we're looking at other opportunities for older children and in the space that we have with also considering some of the concerns. Um, can we safely house some of them to keep our, the people we really need working, working? Um, Probably one of the biggest challenges that we have that I heard come up too on the call was around I-9s. And I like the idea of expanding the number of people. But, and we thought about doing that, but one of the issues we heard came up was that um, being in healthcare, it has to be an HR person. Now, that's not something I've heard before, and it's something I want to investigate some more. So for the healthcare folks, I just want to hear what you're doing with that. Um, because for this week, what we did was we just had people come into our corporate office. Um, so we're just trying to figure out what's the best way to handle it moving forward as we, ha we actually have moved our orientation to be virtual. So we didn't skip it. We still have it, but we just moved it all virtual. Um, but there are things like the I-9 or even employee badges we still typically would have to do in person that we're trying to figure out um, you know, what's the best way to get it to them at the different facilities and get their IDs, um, you know, without having them, you know, for some folks that don't have to come into a hospital setting, just trying to keep them from doing that. Anybody want to nines. <laughs> Did anybody want to summarize what we, what we talked about with I-9? Grant? Jessica, I don't know if you were on um, early enough, but Eric actually shared some really helpful links in the chat um, that you'll definitely want to look at in some other notes there too. Okay, uh, I'll look at good, that. It was a good early discussion on I-9s, I think, and there was a number, there was at least four or five different workarounds with respect to that. I did want to mention- oh, okay, inter, I see that. <laughs> Intermountain, uh, you, you're not only dealing with uh, coronavirus, you also had an earthquake today. How, how, how are you Things doing? Are, 
<laughs> yeah, things are a little bit crazy right now. We've ac- we actually had two earthquakes today. We had our first one this morning and then another one um, probably an hour or so ago that was still a four point something. I'm actually in Idaho, so I didn't get to experience it. But <laughs> I think, you know, all of our caregivers right now are wondering what the heck is going on and how much can we actually take? So lots yeah. of people are nervous. I, I can understand. Well, uh, best of luck with uh, handling a little bit of extra. They only give Thank it to you. people who need it, you know, who who can handle it. So that's that's one way to look at it. That and we're transitioning to work day April 1st. So we've got quite a lot of stuff going on right now. <laughs> I hear. All right. Is there anything else that anyone wants to either share or ask before we... Uh, take a break, and um, and as I said, we're going to do this um, every week. It may or may not be necessary, but the fact is, we're we're going to be here for not only our members, but this is a public one as well. Most of the folks who have been talking, uh, but a couple, with a couple exceptions, are our members. But if you have um, colleagues, peers. Uh, friends who are uh, in the TA, TM world, and you think that they would benefit by having a conversation, um, they're welcome. So, uh, Jerry, this is Don. I sent you and everyone on this Zoom chat uh, the link to the town halls on NACE. They are free to Good. both members and non-members. Good. And I, w- and I did say this at the beginning, but I would encourage those of you who are also SHRM members to... Um, indicate to your uh, to the leaders there that it would be in their best interests uh, for the advancement of the profession if they allowed uh, their resources and tools to be available to non-members. Just seems to me that um, holding it tight to the vest at this point is not an advantage uh, to anybody. So. Um, that's that's all I got to say about that one. <laughs> uh, anything else, Jerry? Uh, I have a quick question. This is Renzo with Verizon. Um, sure. As as some of these other companies are furloughing contractors, what's your contingency plan for your full time employees in case they do get sick? What's the what's your plan to keep the operations basically running if you're furloughing contractors at this point? Anybody can jump in. I did attend uh, one of Sherm's uh, earlier conversations relative to which of the policies kick in. And um, obviously every company has policies around uh, employees who are sick and depending upon what that, what that entails, uh, very often they, they can't be furloughed while they're in the midst of that. Um, but it but it depends on which policy is kicking in. I will say that there was a, a pointed note that if in fact you get sick in the course of doing business, i.e. going to a office um, or going to a conference or meeting on the on behalf of your employee, that the long-term disability policies then kick in. And so there's some 
there are some obviously compliance issues relative to how we operate in this, in this country anyway, relative to employees getting sick. But, you know, that's, that's your, you know, your HR side and your TM side relative to that. Um, and yeah. that's probably what you need to be checking into. I, I believe um, with what's currently going on, there may be some um, regulation that will also allow workers' comp as well. So if you get sick on the job or anything at the time within work, that workers' comp can also be something that a benefit that you can also get. Yeah, I think, cool. I think most of the large companies here who are you know physically on this call um, have some pretty strong policies in play. Almost all of them do. Uh, I'm much more concerned about those that are uh, small, medium-sized companies. Uh, if you have friends or family, et cetera, who are engaged in small, medium-sized companies, they may have uh, policies that really don't cover them to the extent that they're going to need to be covered. And, and hopefully there'll be, there'll be some kind of security net around that uh, because obviously you don't want all of the hospitals and hospital systems uh, to support all of that cost uh, without a return as well. So yeah, that's like, that's now. my main concern right now is, Hey, you know, furlough contract is going on furlough. Who's going to keep the lights on, right? People are attending to their family members, so on and so forth, but right. every company's different. So makes sense. Yeah. Hey, Renzo, this is Carrie from Intermountain. And one thing that we are doing is letting our caregivers go into a negative balance on their, their paid time off. So if it is not a, a work um, type of, you know, that they contracted at work, but it's outside of work, we are letting them go to a negative balance on their, their paid time off. That's cool. Okay, yeah. Thank you. If I could put a plug in for uh, caregiver leave, ARP has two weeks of paid time off to actually give um, you be, the ability to uh, take care of an actual um, <laughs> nuclear family member. So if, if that's something that you guys can use this as an opportunity for good, uh, that's something that we're out there and advocating for too. I yeah, will advocate for that very thing. strongly. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you guys. Yep, CVS is doing the exact same thing for people who either contracted, contracted, or have an immediate uh, family member. We're uh, we're we're uh, we're helping helping out in those situations. So uh, we're and and there's what we're dealing with is the fact that there's a thousand different situations, mm -hmm. uh, not just those immediately obvious ones. Um, you know what happens whenever your kids are are home and then you're you know and you're not able to work from home. You know, uh, what are you doing if your uh, kids are home and you are able to work from home, but they're too small to, for you to be able to manage them? There's, so we're, we're literally, you know, those are the easiest ones, uh, uh, providing for those people in, those, in the obvious situations. It's the, it's the, it's the thousand nuances that are, that are uh, really trying to, we're trying to work our way through one at a time. Great. Listen, thank, uh, I want to thank everybody for sharing. I think uh, when we started this, just before we started it, I mentioned to Barb, I said, I, I don't know how long this is going to be. I don't know if we would fill a full hour. I don't know where people are. But clearly, this has been a pretty intense conversation for the last hour. And I appreciate everybody sharing. I think it's uh, helpful when peers can um, 
uh, can have a conversation about some of these issues and uh, give people a sense of where we're at. So I know, um, I know we're going to do it again next week. Uh, if you or a member of your team wants to um, sit in, uh, we appreciate that. If you know of others that would benefit uh, simply because you know that they may be concerned, um, feel free to, uh, to invite them. It's fine, fine by, by us. We, can, we were, should be able to handle several hundred people. Uh, we can handle necessary. them all. And it'll be at this same webinar link. So feel free to put that in your calendars and share that with people. And if you, if you need a drink tomorrow night. <laughs> That's right. That's a separate link. But or I can give that to you. Or just, uh, yes, or just want to have a, a conversation off of this. Um, we'll be around at 6 p.m. tomorrow night. Indeed. So life is good. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Take care. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time.